All I want to do today is we, we're starting a series next week called Seated. Um, it's based out of Ephesians where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. There's a reason that we're starting with that series. Um, on the same day that we start that series, we are starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. You're like, oh my gosh, it's a good thing we're eating pizza today, right? Um, you don't have to fast for 21 days. You don't have to pray for 21 days. But we are asking that you would ask God what he would call you to do during those 21 days of prayer and fasting. Does that make sense? January the 8th. That's next week. And so, you know, the whole time we've talked about today's service, it was like, we'll do a family service. And um, parents are like, oh, please, God, Kids City next week, right? Um, but we just love having everybody in the room together. We love that. That's so, so much of our DNA. So we appreciate you allowing us to do that. And we're like, hey, we'll worship, we'll pray, we'll do communion, and then we'll go home. There's so much faith in the building. The Panthers might even win. I don't even know. But the closer we got to today, and I, I'm, I've never been that word guy, like, you know, God gave me a word for 2022 or 2023. or 20, But, man, the closer we got to today, I know that he has given me a word, a word, one word for our church for this year, just to set the course for this year. And so I'm going to give you that word I'm going to give you a picture to help us understand it, and then we're going to eat pizza. Are you, are you good? So the word for our church, and this might be for the church worldwide. I don't know, but this is definitely for the gathering. The word for 2023 at the gathering is proclaim. Proclaim. So let me give you some scripture. Jesus came to proclaim. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, it is undoubtedly one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I love it so much, I'm going to ask you to stand while I read it. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. Some of you have not worked your legs out this hard in a long time, and you're doing great. You're going to be sore tomorrow, but it's a good sore, right? Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They, who? That's us. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting, I'm telling you, be in the room, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Just before you sit down, Jesus came to proclaim. When Jesus was handed, was given, I almost said when he was handed the microphone, they didn't have microphones, right? When he was given the opportunity to speak in the synagogue, he was handed a scroll from Isaiah, if you've seen The Chosen, season three, you've seen this played out in front of you. And he read this. It says, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, be in the room. It was the custom of Jesus to go into the synagogue. Well, yeah, but they didn't have streaming then. If they had, he would have gone into the synagogue, be in the room. That's such a good, anyway. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, and this is going to sound familiar because we just read it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me 
because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. What's he going to say? And he began by saying to them, today, when? Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. God, for the next few minutes, help me to clearly proclaim what is such a big deal about this word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Now listen, very quickly. Because Jesus said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, if you're like me, the first thing that I think is, well, if Jesus fulfilled it, then that's it. Right? We're done. Jesus said he fulfilled it. The Spirit was on him. He was supposed to proclaim good news. He did. He proclaimed freedom. He did. He proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. He did. It's done. It's, a, it's done. Except for this, his disciples were also sent out to proclaim. So this man who said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, then he later turned to his disciples, Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, and he sent them out to proclaim. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. By the way, I know that some of us in the room are already saying to ourselves, well, yeah, that was the 12. <laughs> Hang on, we're getting to some more scripture, right? But just listen to this verse, verse 2, and, and just take this as your verse for the year. And he, Jesus, sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's for me. Because we also are sent to proclaim. I'm just building a little case here in Scripture. Jesus was sent to proclaim. The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim. And then he sent his disciples to proclaim. He sent them out and said, go proclaim the good news of the kingdom and heal the sick. And in Matthew 24, verse 14, we're sent to proclaim. Tell the person next to you, this is about you. You already think it's about them anyway. I'm just confirming it. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Now, that word preached in your, in your translation, um, in the Greek, it's the same word for proclaim. Same word. So this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Are you with me so far? I don't know if you're following this progression or not, but Jesus came. There was a prophecy that said he would come to proclaim, and he did. And he got up and he read that, and then he sat down and he said, today is fulfilled. And then he turns to his disciples and says, now you need to go out and proclaim. And don't you know, they're, they're kind of like, wait, we were in the synagogue when you said it was fulfilled. What is happening? And then later he said, and the gospel will be preached in the whole world, proclaimed to the whole world as a testimony, and then the end will come. Well, has the end come yet? <laughs> Y'all, that was a no-brainer on January the 1st, even if you didn't have coffee. Has the end come yet? How do we know? We're here. So if the end hasn't come yet, then there's still something to be done. And what is that something? Proclaim the gospel to the end of the earth. And then the end will come. So if you're like me, I'm like, 
but God, didn't Jesus say it was fulfilled? Why do we have to go tell people? He said it's fulfilled. Because he said we have to do that until it's been preached in the whole world. Our job is to proclaim, to say out loud what the gospel is, what Jesus has done. We are sent to proclaim. And what do we proclaim? We proclaim what we've heard. Now, the picture. Can I get that picture, Russ? Thank you so much. I didn't pick this because I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan. Although I knew that my, my friend Richard and Allison, the, God's just the favor of God on you today. There, is there anybody else in here that's a Kentucky Wildcats fan? No. Right. So the reason I picked it is because we all can at least go, yuck, right? So I'm also, sorry, Sydney, if you're watching, but I'm also not a cat person. I'm a dog person, right? So I could have gotten the dog megaphone because the dogs last night were like, hoo, hoo, hoo. anyway. I didn't, sorry, I didn't see the ball drop last night because I was watching a ball drop wide left. And I was like, yeah, Georgia, SEC. Okay, I, I, I thought it was Sydney calling to tell me, like, what? You don't like cats? Um, okay, so I need somebody who's smart to tell me what is the cheerleader holding? A, a what? A megaphone. A megaphone. This is, listen, a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Wouldn't you rather look at a picture than hear me say a thousand words? Yes. Why? Because we remember the pictures when we forget the words. Um, a lot of you were in my youth group when, when at First Assembly. I'm telling you, I used to spend so, many, so much time in prayer asking God to give me a picture more than asking him to give me a word. Because I know that that's something that you'll remember, mainly because we hate Kentucky. But, you know, still, a megaphone. So let's talk about megaphones. What do we share? What do we proclaim? Matthew 20, 27. Jesus said, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Some of you have heard this phrase. See if you can complete it with me. Actions speak louder than it's not true. Actions don't speak louder than words. Actions amplify words. That megaphone, see, we, we have this picture in our head that, well, either I'll say it or I'll live it. And what that has produced, and I'm part of it, what that has produced is cowardly, lazy followers of Jesus who don't open their mouth and, and proclaim the gospel. We wear Christian t-shirts, right? We put Christian bumper stickers on our car and forget that it's on our car when we're beeping at people in front of us. And then we pass them 128 miles an hour and realize, oh, they go to my church, <laughs> right? We've stopped saying things. Oh, I, just, I let my life speak for me. Because, you know, actions are louder than words. And that's, so I want you to see that. Listen, you can leave the megaphone up there. They don't want to see me. I'll just leave the megaphone up there for now. I want you to see the way the megaphone is, is made, the way it's shaped, right? So you have a small end, right? And you have something larger on the other end. These things actually work. 
It's amazing how well they work. If you were a person who says, I don't want to use words. I just want to let my life speak. You would be like, and I apologize I don't have one with me. I wish I'd have had an actual megaphone. But like this was yesterday morning that God's dropping this on me, right? The, the metaphor of a megaphone. You would be like sitting a megaphone right here on the stage. And if all of us saw that megaphone on the stage, all of us would have the same thought. I think you're supposed to use that. A megaphone doesn't do any good just sitting there. That's what your life is like minus words. People look at you and go like, there's something kind of different about that person. It's almost like they were made for something. But I, don't, I can't figure out what it is. And it's when you pick up the megaphone and you use it. Something about the way the words, the frequency, that's a series coming soon. Like the way we speak into the smaller end is amplified and projected and it comes out bigger on the other end because it requires words and action. When you say something and your life backs it up, your life amplifies your words. God did not call you to evangelize the world with your mouth closed. He called you to evangelize the world by proclaiming the good news. And this, at the gathering, 2023, this is the year to proclaim. We've come to a season where we knew that God was giving us a voice, developing our voice. I'm telling you, this is a year when we're going to use our voice. Not a surprise to me at all that we've had so many people in this service alone, just in this service, that have walked up and said, I, I think God might want me to say this. I want, I th- is it just, do you think I should say this? I feel like I put this on my heart. You know why? Because I already know that this is a year when we're going to proclaim. When we're going to say out loud with words what God has showed us. What he has whispered to us in the dark, we're going to shout it out. What he has told us in the secret place, we're going to shout it from the rooftops. Just jot this down. We'll unpack it later. It's a little word from God for me and our church. This is what he said to me. Position yourself before me in prayer, and I'll position you before men in power. Yes. Position yourself before me in prayer, and I'll position you before men in power. He is sending us out. But before we go, he's calling us to a secret place. Where we position ourselves before him in prayer, so that when we are positioned in front of people, we actually have something to say and the courage and power with which to say it. So often we just bypass prayer, don't we? Well, I just got to get busy. I got to get busy. I got to. No, it's in the secret place. What you have, what does it say? The verse that we read? Hold on, going back to it. When I t- what I tell you in the dark, which to me is like in the morning, in the secret place, when 
just a few lights are on and I'm drinking coffee, like what he tells me there, he says, speak it in the dark, in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. So what does the year look like at the gathering? Well, it looks like this. We're taking the month of January and we're just doing that. We're going to go in a secret place. You're, we're going to be so busy, and I don't mean like just busyness. I mean, he's, this is going to be a year of activity, of outward motion. He's, he's sending you. He is ekbaloing the church. I'm so thankful for this new laptop that has replaced my 2,800-year-old iPad. And I, I'm just so thankful. I mean, what an amazing gift that God gave me. What a blessing, right? I love deals. <laughs> and so the first thing I did was I got these two decals, right? And I've had this for like a month maybe. I was like, I'm not, I'm not using it until January 1st. Because I want you to be present in the room, and I want you to spend 52 weeks being reminded that this is why you live. You are being ekbalowed. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to ekbalo laborers into the harvest field. We are the sent ones. But we can't go until we've heard something from him. We are going to be sent out from the secret place. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. So what does that look like? Well, we'll figure that out, right? It probably looks like this. Let's don't overthink it. And then we're going to pray. That. Are y'all okay? Was that too much? Did I push too hard? I've noticed that with, with God, what, what it looks like is just a step. So um, a conversation. Like the next time you're talking to somebody and you think, maybe I should talk about Jesus, this time you'll actually talk about Jesus, right? Or I'll, I'll get equipped to talk about Jesus. It's, just, it's a step. That's all it is. And so we're going to take very practical steps this year. Out. Out. Proclaim what God has done. Share your story. Tell people how he's come through for you. Proclaim what he's done from the roofs. All right. Now, to wrap up. Kids, y'all have done a great job taking care of your parents. I can't tell you how well you've done. Your parents have been so quiet today. It's been awesome. We're going to finish this morning in communion. Okay? So we're going to, the people that are helping serve communion, I'm going to let y'all go ahead and start getting in place. Um, and then at the end, our, our worship team is going to send us out dancing. So I would just encourage you to dance while they do it, because if you don't dance, then you're going to have to watch me dance. It's going to be ugly. Proclaim. Proclaim, right? Proclaim. That's the word this year. Now, practically speaking, I do want you to know this. I'm not on social media for the foreseeable future, um, and I don't think Pastor Bridget is either. So a lot of leadership here just has felt like God said, come away from that. Right? Nothing wrong with social media. I wrote on my blog about it. You can read my reasons for it there. I'm just letting you know practically, you like try to contact us through social media, we're not going to answer because 
we're going into the dark place so we can hear from the Lord and come back out and speak, right? You need to find a way to just eliminate distractions so you can hear what he wants you to say and then proclaim it. All right, come on, let's stand up. I'm going to pray. We're going to prepare our hearts for communion. Nothing, nothing crazy, just a response. Can we just do one thing that would emotion a response? I'm going to ask you if you, not only if you realize that you are the sent ones, if you are the ekbalod ones, but if you really desire to be ekbalod by God this year, I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out in front of you, and we're just going to pray that right now. Father, as we come to the table to start the year with communion, we recognize this. We are coming to the table that was prepared by the first one who was sent. Jesus was sent by you to us. The table that he has prepared, God, it's a table that was established because he was sent here to proclaim. We are the recipients of the good news that he proclaimed. And so, God, as we receive communion, the, the juice, the bread, we remember what Jesus did on the cross. I pray that you would fill those of us with, with hands out, fill us, God, with the power of the Holy Spirit to leave this place and boldly proclaim, shout from the rooftops what you have done, not just for us, but for people that we know, love, and will meet. Transform our city, God, because we have been transformed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.